Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. The title today, if you want a title, is New Year's Rest Solutions. Did you catch that? Rest Solutions. And so I'm excited to look at this today. Let's start with 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In 2 Timothy here, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to this young man, Timothy, who really is a son in the faith. And listen to these words. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Say that with me. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. Happy New Year. I mean, that right there is good news. Because how many would say that I've had times where I was faithless? That word actually could be translated unfaithful. And we hear that and we go, unfaithful, that's not a good thing. No, absolutely not. But even when we're faithless or unfaithful, he is faithful. He remains. He never changes. His character is not to change. He remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Can you believe we are in 2019? This year just flew by, didn't it? You know, just a few days ago, people all around the world, and many of us probably here right now, we were making these New Year's resolutions. We were making these new choices in life. Maybe 2018 wasn't the best year for you. Now, I've seen a mix of that on social media. For some people, it was like, man, we blew it out. We rocked it. It was amazing. I'm like, well, lucky you. (laughs) Right? You ever seen that? And you're like, I want to be happy for you right now. I really do. By the grace of God, I'm very happy and joyful for you. But for some of us, there's just some things, maybe some goals we didn't obtain or attain. And there's some things that we'd really like to see in our life. And maybe there were some real life struggles that we went through. And for some of us, there's something about, I just keep getting this in my spirit, clean slate. I mean, humans love clean slate, right? And, you know, we're just a few days now into January. And the question is, how are those resolutions coming? Not for condemnation, but just to show us the reality of being human sometimes. I say this tongue-in-cheek, not in a judgmental way, but how are those resolutions coming? You know, the word resolution, by definition, means a resolve, a decision or determination. The word resolve means to come to a determination, and look at this, make up one's mind. It's to make up your mind about something. And so we all make these New Year's resolutions. I've talked before about Samuel Johnson, but if you're not familiar with Samuel Johnson, he was born in England in 1709. Say, wow, that was a long time ago. Now, Samuel Johnson was born in a family with really meager means, but he went on to become one of the greatest literary figures of his day. He was known for his essay collections, his biographies. This guy even wrote a comprehensive dictionary. He was a a poet, an author, an editor, and a journalist. I mean, this guy had it going on. This guy had really accomplished a lot in life. And he went on to die in December of 1784. But in 1738, Samuel Johnson wrote in his diary, this is what he wrote. He said, O Lord... Enable me to redeem the time which I have spent in sloth. What? In other words, Lord, help me get back the time and redeem the time of being lazy. An author, 
an editor, a poet, and a journalist. Now, after this, some years later, he wrote, Almighty God, enable me to shake off sloth and to redeem the time misspent in idleness and sin by a diligent application of the days yet remaining. Again, very accomplished man feels he's struggling with idleness and sin and time misspent. Every few years, he wrote some variation of this prayer. And finally, in 1775, and this is almost 40 years after his first prayer, and about nine years before he died, he wrote this. When I look back upon resolutions of improvement and amendment, which have year after year been made and broken, why do I yet try to resolve again? (laughs) You ever felt that way? Like every year I'm in the same place, another resolution. He goes on to say, I try because reformation is necessary and despair is criminal. Reformation means amended by removal of faults. So what he's saying is, listen, I'm doing this. I'm amending by removal of faults because it's necessary. And despair, which is loss of hope, is criminal or really in today's vernacular is foolishness. He, he knew that he was capable of more. He knew that he was capable of doing better, of of being the best version of himself that God has made him to be. How many have been there? And so we love these clean slates because it gives us this opportunity to start fresh, to start over. I mean, honestly, it's not like they're different days. I mean, it's Sunday through Saturday every week. But for some reason on this calendar, we see January 1st and we go, clean start, fresh start. My question is, how are those resolutions coming? Because we're just a few days in. And I want to bring some freedom to your life through the scripture and by the Holy Spirit. I I believe that Johnson is describing all human life. We all struggle with these things. We, We start out every new year thinking, this is the year. This is my year to make a difference. I, I feel pretty good about talking about this today because, you know, I've actually stuck to my resolutions. But we're only five days in. <laughs> I'm doing okay right now, but maybe ask me next week. My point is, we all struggle with something in our lives. You know, we, we resolve to turn over a new leaf. And this time, we're serious. Because we promise ourselves that we're going to quit bad habits and start good ones. And, and I think that's fine. I mean, some of the things we do is uh, we're going to get in shape. We're going to, I am in a certain shape, but I want a different shape. Amen? We're going to get in a better shape. We're going to eat better. We're, we're going to waste less time and be more content, maybe more disciplined and more intentional with what we do. We're going to be better husbands or wives, fathers and mothers, maybe even better kids. I mean, we think about how can we better ourselves. What about the spiritual side for those who would be considered Christians or followers of Jesus? We're going to pray more. We're going to serve more. We're going to plan more. We're going to give more. I'm going to read more, and I'm going to memorize more Bible verses. These are great things to do, great resolutions to have. But sometimes we fail. Sometimes we falter. And we think we're going to finally be all that we can be. No more messing around. And then 12 months later, we realize we've fallen short again. 
And now I'm saying this, and we all pretty much know this, but sometimes it's good to just air it out, right? Sometimes it's good to just talk these things out and realize, wow, I'm not the only one. Because all of us falter, fail, stumble, sin, mess up. It happens. We have missteps in life. Of course, that isn't the goal, but it happens. What I'm most deeply grateful for is that God's love for us, his approval for us, and his commitment to us. Think about that. God is committed to you. He promised to never leave you, to never abandon you, to never forsake you. He's committed to you. Say that. God's committed to me. That's huge. Going into 2019, a lot of you may know that, but sometimes we may know here, right? We need to get it up here. A lot of times we speak out of our heart. Yeah, I know God's committed to me, but, and we get our big butt in the way. And so it's important that we see that he's already put that in there. Let's work this stuff out. But I'm most deeply grateful for the idea that that he loves me, that he approves of me, that he's committed to me. And none of that rides on my or our resolve, but on his resolve for us. See, that's the gospel. That's the good news. The good news is, is the announcing Father's unending devotion to us despite our inconsistency in life. How many need to hear that this morning? Because we're all inconsistent, let's be honest. I tell you, I, I love that I can minister in a place where I don't have to be perfect or act perfect. I used to be in a place where I thought, well, I, I guess I have to have these things down in order to speak behind a pulpit about these things. But if that's the case, then nobody deserves to be behind this pulpit. And I just love the grace that we have here that we can be open and transparent and honest that, listen, we fail in life, but that's not the goal. Does that make sense? Our goal isn't to fail. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm going to do it anyway. No, no, no. He's with you to strengthen you and help you through adversity. But let's, let's get real for a moment because most of us think about resolutions as, you know, diet and exercise, better time management, um, you know, maybe a new career. I want to make some changes in my life. I think these are typical, but what about the stuff no one knows about? the dirty little secrets. I want us to think about this today. I want us to be serious with this today because all of us would have what we would call secrets and some would say, man, they're dirty little secrets. You know, I think about addiction. Addiction, by definition, if your life doesn't seem to be able to function without it, it's an addiction. And so some people are addicted to alcohol. They can't stop at one or two beers or a glass of wine or two. They have to do more because it's self-medicating. Some guys still to this day have been struggling for 10, 20, 30 years with pornography, and it's so easy now. It's at your fingertips, and they struggle with it. Some people struggle with anger and bitterness and jealousy and stealing you know, dirty little stuff. It's one thing to say, yeah, I need to shed a few pounds, but another to go, I struggle with pornography. I, I, I drink a little too much, but I feel better when I drink. Yep, I really, when I'm at home behind closed doors, I'm a pretty angry person. 
And I take it out on those around me in the household. But listen, we all have addictions. We all have struggles. So let's be honest with ourselves. That's where it starts. That, that I have struggle, I have addiction in my life. I want us to get serious and think through this today because I believe that there's an answer. In the last several weeks, we shared a series called The Greatest Gift. And the greatest gift we all know by now, after four weeks, we should, it's Jesus. But we talk about Jesus as this multi-layered gift with so much contained within. And the theme that runs through this gift is salvation. Jesus came to bring us salvation, which can be defined in part as deliverance. If you have an addiction, the answer is deliverance. And Jesus is your deliverance. This isn't cliche. It's not just something that we're saying on a Sunday morning. But here's the thing. If you don't open yourself up to Jesus healing those areas in your life, it won't happen. He won't force it to happen. And so we have one of two ways to go. We can trust in his strength and ability or our own strength, ability, and willpower. Because how many know you can, depending on your personality, you can willpower through some stuff for, for, you know, maybe one week, two weeks, some people like two months, six months, but eventually you falter and you fail because we weren't meant to do life on our own. Christ in you is your hope. In him we live and move and have our being. We are all the offspring of God, but a lot of times what happens is we don't open ourselves. We don't avail ourselves to that relationship we have that's already there. And what happens is we stumble and we fail. I looked this up this morning because I think we all know what deliverance means, but I thought, what does the dictionary say? Look at this. The act of being rescued or set free. Now think for a moment about that thing or those things that have attached themselves to your life. And if you're honest with yourself, would you desire the act of being rescued or set free? See, see, it's not the resolutions that are the issue. I was thinking about this this morning that for the majority of us, we make resolutions because we desire to be better. We desire to better ourselves in life. So to me, I was thinking about this. I thought, man, we're, we're halfway there. If your desire is to no longer be addicted to pornography or alcohol or anger or jealousy or all these different things we can be addicted to, if your desire is to no longer be addicted to those things, guess what? Your desire is God's desire. In your heart, you already agree with God. This is huge. Because I don't want us to leave here, you know, full of, shame and guilt and condemnation, I want us to go, wait a minute. I don't desire those things anyway. In my heart of hearts, when I do those things, I know that I know that it's not good for me. It's not healthy. It's not right. It doesn't put me on the path to where God's bringing me. Not that God's holding me back, but many times we hold ourselves back, but he's right there going, I'm with you. I'm on the journey. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care how long it takes. I'm not going anywhere. Sometimes we're like, would you please for just a minute? (laughs) Holy Spirit, I was talking to a brother this morning about the love of God. You know, some people, when you, when you talk about the love of God, they're like, oh, okay, you're one of those pastors. You're one of those churches. It's just love, 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 ooey gooey. And I'm like, have you ever experienced love before? Because there's an ooey gooey feel good part of love. But there's also a part that sometimes hurts a little bit. 
Because love will cause you to open up to a point where it exposes, it makes you vulnerable to those areas that aren't good for you. And when you see them, you're like, no, I don't want to let go. Jesus is saying, you don't need to drink that much. I'm here. I can medicate you. No. You don't need to click on that site, young man or old man. No. I am your fulfillment. See how that works? And so love comes in. I I believe that John described God as love and light. And what does light do? It exposes things. It shows us things for how they really are. But God, out of love, never does it to shame us. He says, look it, there's an area in your life. Wow, here's an area we can work on together. So let's do it. Why? To make your life better. See, discipline should never be punishment for the past. It should always be training for the future. And that's what God does with us. He trains us. He's trying to work us out, train us out of those things that really aren't you anyway. Do you know why you make resolutions? Do you know why you have such a struggle with things in your life? Because you know deep down inside you that that isn't who you are. And you don't want to act like you aren't. And so what the Spirit does, he starts to show you this this righteousness and goodness and love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He shows you these things. This is who you are. And sometimes we go, no, but you do have self-control. But I have an anger problem. But you truly are self-controlled. Listen, the Bible says to be angry, but sin not. In other words, feel the feelings but grow into a place where you're mature enough to not act out in the wrong way, right? I remember this story. This is horrible. This is before I was a pastor, just so you know. I was going down the expressway, and it was like two lanes, and I was behind this car, and there was this big rig in the other. It was probably Mike. There's a big rig in the other lane. He was testing my faith. So I'm behind this, this person, and they just would not speed up. I'm like, do you know what a fast lane is? Like, I'm getting so irritated. And so finally, after probably, it felt like 10, 20 minutes, it was probably two, I had to be somewhere, maybe leave earlier, right? I had to be somewhere behind this person. I'm just riding them, riding them, as if that makes people go faster, right? And so I'm just riding. So finally, this person gets up. They go, they go in the other lane in front of that truck. And when I go by, with all the grace of God I have, I looked right at him with just this look, and I flipped him off as hard as my finger could. Listen, this was at least four or five weeks ago. (laughs) I'm just kidding. This was years ago, but this is like angry Andy. I dealt with so much anger in my life for so many different reasons. And I just flipped it. I mean, just, I mean, like I almost broke my finger. I flipped it so hard. Here's the bad thing. This lady, probably about 85 years old, looks over and is like, and I'm like, Oh, dear Jesus, you can't make this stuff up. But today, I still get frustrated. I feel the feelings. Like, do you know that the gas pedal's on the right? Do you know what shade of green is green to go, right? Have you been there? But I don't flip people off anymore. It's been a long time, at least several months. 
But my point is, you know, we have these issues in our life. We all deal with these addictions. And you're like, how is anger an addiction? For some people, it feels good to get into that place and just do what you do. But you know what? Have you ever noticed this? When you give into an addiction afterward, you feel like a failure. It just never gives what it promises. Pastor, I thought we were just talking about, let's work out and eat better, you know? Why are you dealing with my stuff? Because the Holy Spirit wants to deal with your stuff. Because he loves you, but he doesn't like what the stuff does to you. Does that make sense? And so it's a loving father. and Light shows things in order to expose them, not for guilt and shame, but to bring healing. Truth brings healing. And when you no longer believe a lie, you start to walk in truth. It heals those areas, and you start to see yourself walk differently. It's a beautiful thing, and that's what God desires to do with us. So it's not the resolutions that are the issue. It's the despair that follows when we don't succeed in the resolutions. It's the feeling of failure when we don't follow through. It's the letdown we experience when we stumble. We let ourselves down. We let others down. And sometimes, many times, we feel like we've let God down. That's a tough one. If, you know, if you've been in church for any amount of time, sometimes we struggle with life because we feel like we're letting God down. But you know, there was something several years ago that set me free from this. You know, we, we think that God is disappointed in us. Well, the definition of disappointment is the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. But how many know this? God knows everything about you. He can't be disappointed. It's not like one day you were going right and then you turn left and God went, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that one coming. Jesus, Jesus, man, come and hook me up. You should remind me when this stuff's gonna happen. He knows everything about you and he still has completely forgiven you. He still never withholds love from you. His love is what will change you and cause you to go a better way for your life. He has your best interest in mind. So God's never disappointed in you. He's never disappointed with you. Now, is he disappointed at our choices? Well, I'm disappointed in my children's choices sometimes, but it's not because of them. It's because of what those choices bring to them. I know we talk about this a lot, but we have got to see that the Father loves us. He adores us. He's especially fond of you. I love that quote from the shack. Especially fond of you of you. See, this is what's going to help us get through these stumblings and these failings. Again, it's, it's not like our goal is to fail, but how many know we will fail at times, but we have to know that his love doesn't change. His grace doesn't change. His disposition toward you never changes. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't have to go off into another world until you make enough penance and then come back. He's right there the whole time. This is huge. Okay. Not every church preaches this. And sometimes I go, how do we see this revelation in the scriptures? Although I'm sure I've got many things wrong, I know this, that God's love never changes. It's unconditional. There's no strings attached. And it's what's got me through things in my life. When I see that love he has for me and I see myself through his eyes, I begin to see change in my life because I walk out of who I truly am. So looking again at 2 Timothy 2.13, we see God's answer for our resolutions. 
If we are unfaithful or faithless, he remains faithful. Say, remains faithful. faithful. Say it again. Doesn't change. Why he cannot deny himself. We could say, because that would be acting entirely unlike himself if he were to be any other way but faithful. I'm giving you some promises and guarantees today about who God is and how he sees you because it's going to change you and it's going to help you through these moments of resolution. Let's look at verse 12 and 13 together here in in context. It brings a little more context to it out of the mirror translation. It says, sufferings do not distract us, neither do they contradict our joint position with him in the throne room, the Christ life rules. Now stop there for a second. This is huge. What he's saying is, you are in union with Christ. We heard it Wednesday night. Awesome Wednesday night. How many were here? Yeah, yeah. The rest of you need to get here Wednesday night. I'm telling you, it was so good with Bishop Jamie Englehart. But he talked about that union. The fact that uh, Jesus says, I am in you, you are in me, and they are in us. What? I mean, this is huge. Union, that word union, even in the Greek, it's like cemented. Nothing can pull you apart from Christ. That's who you are. This is a big deal. And so there's nothing that can change that. No suffering. There's things that try to distract us, but we've got to see the union we have. It doesn't mean we have cushy circumstances all the time. Some of you, 2018 might have been a year of hell, and you're like, good riddance. Please, 2019, come like the rapture. Get me out of here, right? I get that. But in the midst of that, God hasn't gone anywhere. For some of us, and I was thinking about this as I was studying last night, I realized for me, I have a lot of knowledge. There's that word knowing in the Greek, when it talks about knowing Christ, it's, it's intimate. It's like Adam knew Eve. It's like this intimacy. It's this close relationship. And although I feel like in, in a lot of areas of my life I have close relationship, there's still, there's still areas to work on. And, and one thing I, I realized last night is I need to speak more out loud about myself. I grew up in Word of Faith. So it was all about speaking. And maybe I was tainted with some of those things. Maybe it went a little, little that way. But, but the thing is, confession means to say the same thing as another. So saying what God says about you is extremely important. You need to hear it with your ears. God's extremely fond of me. God loves me unconditionally. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are good things to apply to your life. And I thought, you know what? You need to speak more, Andy. You need to speak more in agreement with what God says about you. Thinking it's one thing, saying it is another. So we need to speak these things over us. I'm telling you, have you ever spoke ungodly things over yourself? I'm so stupid. I'm so fat. I'm never going to get this right. I'm never going to get a job promotion. Things never go right for me. You know, you get the flat hair like, oh, what else can go wrong? Because everything else is. Now, the truth may be that everything seems to be going wrong, but what are we saying? I'm not saying it's a magic potion. If you say it's 77 and a half times, everything becomes like perfect now. There's rainbows and unicorns, and you're like, ooh. No, that's called drugs. But there's a peace 
when you speak in agreement with God that can just overwhelm you, that peace, that love, that grace, going, you know what? Despite the circumstances, God loves me. He's here, and I'm speaking what I want to see because it's already there. Speak it now. Does that make sense? He says, if we contradict ourselves, I love this, behave unlike ourselves, he will contradict us and prove us wrong. How many have kids? I saw this and went, oh, I saw my kids. If we contradict ourselves, behave unlike ourselves. When your kids act like a fool and they act crazy and you say, no, we don't do that, what you're saying is that's not who the Baransics are. That's not who the Heists are. That's not who the Stringers are. That's not who the Smiths are. This is who we are. And you contradict that behavior and how they're acting by saying, nope, this is the way and I'm proving you wrong, not in a degrading way, not with shame, but saying, nope, this is who you are. And that's what the Spirit does with us. We're going rogue. We're acting like a fool. He just goes, hey, 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 listen. I'm going to contradict what you're doing because you're behaving unlike who you truly are. So act like who you truly are. How do you do that? Live out of it. Let it flow naturally. I said it before. We make resolutions because we don't like some of the things that we do. Some of the things we say. How we act. We don't like those things. We're already halfway there. We're in agreement with God that that doesn't line up with who we are. So now what do we do? We speak it, we believe it, we receive it, and we begin to walk in it. And the thing is, you're not in this alone. He goes on in verse 13 to say, Our unbelief does not change what God believes, He cannot contradict Himself. And, and then if you look at Romans 3, He says this in the mirror, it just backs it up. He says, What we believe about God does not define Him. That's a powerful statement. What we believe about God does not define him. God's faith defines us. God cannot be untrue to himself. So we see that the gospel, or what we call the good news, is not a command to hang on to Jesus. It's a promise that no matter how weak and unsuccessful our faith, our love, our grace, our efforts may be, God is always, always, always holding on to us. Now that's good news. As this new year gets underway, I want us to take comfort in knowing that when we are weak, he is strong. That even as our love for the Father, ourselves, and others fall short, his love for us is eternal. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Woo, yeah. I wanted to feel a little love there. You're so quiet. <laughs> when is this guy going to be done? I'm just kidding. Paul says this in Corinthians. He says, Anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, in other words, check this out. This is dope. This is sick. This is sweet. It, huh? New Year's resolution. I love my son more than anything in the world. <laughs> Thanks for your correction. You can preach next week. Yay. So behold, check this out. This is awesome, right? It's dope. It's sick. It's cool. It's sweet. It's groovy. It's all these things. All things have become new. So whose story are you going to believe? Either all things have become new or they haven't. And you go, well, you know, uh, 
the other day. Stop it. What does he say about you? All things have become new. They don't feel like it. All things have become new. When you go to click on that site, when you go for that extra drink, when you get that anger welling up, all things have become new. Makes a difference. If you slip, if you fall, he doesn't go anywhere. You're forgiven. It's okay to say, I'm sorry. That's not what I'm built for. That's not who I am. But I'm telling you, the more that you realize that all things have become new and his love never changes, you'll start to see new actions, new words. It works. It works better than someone pointing their finger and telling you how dirty and low down you are. I mean, my gosh, I mean, psychology has taught us that kids who are raised in the homes that are edifying and exhorting and they tell them how good they are and, and, and they feel that love, they become so much better as a human being than someone who is put down and cast down and told they'll never amount to anything. Words are important. So what words is the Father speaking to you? This is how God sees you and me pure and simple. It's not about you and your willpower. It's about God and his supernatural power moving in and through you. You're not alone. 2019, you are not alone. Philippians 4.13, real famous scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but is the emphasis on the I or the Christ. I'll never forget Peter Heiss sharing this one time. He's like, is it I can do all things? Oh yeah, through Christ. Or is it I can do all things through Christ? Where is the emphasis? Christ in you. This is huge. And in context, starting with verse 10, our last scripture says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, I am not saying this because I am in need. Look at this. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Wow, Paul. <laughs> I want to get to that place. I've learned to be content no matter the circumstances. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need. Can I get an amen? amen? I like doing that. It sounds cool. Anyway. But look at this. And I know what it is to have plenty. Amen. There's like less amens there. Right? For some of us, we're like, I'd like to know what it means to have plenty. But look what he's saying. I know what it is. I've experienced all these things in life, but I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And then he goes on to describe it. He says, I've learned the secret of being content. Think about the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, understand, in the first century, they were going through completely different things. I mean, food was much more scarce than today. That's part of the problem, right? It's part of the, part of the resolution of, I need to eat better, is because there's way too much available. But what they were going through, I mean, running from city to city, certain death, if they were caught, many different things than we experienced. But guess what? Even though the interpretation is what they went through, there's an application here for us. And what's he say? The secret of being content is this. I can do all things through Christ, through him, through the spirit who gives me strength. No matter the adversity, wanting, plenty, good, bad, ugly, 
This is the secret. I can do all things through him, Christ, who strengthens me. As we close, I just want to look at two definitions here. Because for a lot of us, we've made these New Year's resolutions. And a resolution is fine in and of itself. The idea that that's not who I am. I want to see some better things in my life. I, I want to maybe you know, upgrade my career. I want to get in better shape. I want to be around for my grandkids and my great-grandkids. These are great aspirations, great goals to have. But in essence, if it's just a resolution, a resolution is I'm going to make up my mind, I'm going to try harder, and change will come because I can do this. Good intentions. But I really want to encourage us this year, 2019, instead of just making resolutions, let's make rest solutions. The solution is resting in Him what he's done in his strength. Resting in his love will result in the change desired because it's who I am. See, a lot of times our resolutions, think about this, our resolutions are desires to be something because those desires to be that something are already there because that's who you are. And so a lot of times we make rest, rest, rest solutions. <laughs> when we make resolutions, what are we doing? We're saying, I want to be who I truly am. Because I'm not acting like who I truly am. I'm not being and living who I truly am. So a resolution is, I see my potential. I know I've got the potential. I'm in agreement with God and what he says about me. But I want to see it manifest here. How do we do that? Make it a rest solution. See, no matter what I go through in life, He's my strength. Father is my source. And let's, let's get serious with that. It's not just eating and dieting and things like that. Let's think about those things that seem to have a hold on us that we can't let go of those dirty little secrets. Let's determine today to release those things to God. In fact, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this brand new year, 2019. For some of us, we're so ready. Maybe for others, things were, went mighty swell in 2018, but it could be better. But I think here this morning, Holy Spirit, you're asking us to look inside ourselves and be honest. Not to bring condemnation on ourselves, but to just be honest and be transparent and say, Heavenly Father, is there something in my life that I've been battling with for a year, five years, 10 years, 30, 40 years, and it's not beneficial for my health physically. It's not beneficial for my health in my soul. And sometimes love hurts because it's tough to let go. It's an addiction. We feel like we need this to function in life. But Holy Spirit, you're a gentleman. You're a gentlewoman. You're all. You move through all. And we thank you that right now you're in that gentle way, in that still small voice, saying, this is an issue we need to deal with in 2019. That's what I love about the Father. He doesn't demand. But here's the question the Spirit's asking. Will you give that to me? Will you trust me? Will you have faith 
in me, that I have your best interest in mind. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, not because we're religious, but I want you to think about this. No embarrassment, no shame. I want you to give that to God right now. And I want you to say this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. And I thank you that your love at sometimes shows me areas that need work. And so I open myself freely to you. And right now, by an act of my will, I give you, and under your breath, say what it is that you're giving him. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for healing and restoration. Thank you for life and godliness. That's what you've ministered to us, Holy Spirit. I pray that you're healing people in their soul realm right now in Jesus' name, that you're healing bodies physically right now in Jesus' name. I call those addictions broken now in the name of Jesus. We cast those cares and those addictions on you because you care for us. You take it. Say that with me. You take it. Say it again. You take it. We thank you for your transforming love. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Rest solution. Will you choose to rest in Him? Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.